Shalom. Welcome to the Word of Impact brought to you by Kingdom Ambassador Center. Through the teachings of our pastor Randolph Ajay, you will be inspired, equipped, and empowered to fulfill your kingdom mandate. Now, let's hear the word for today. Um, this should take us almost about two months, probably more, um, for us to cover the whole bit of what we are going to study. The truth of the matter is that what we are going to learn about sums up the totality of our existence as Christians. Is that okay? It sums up, it sums up what? The totality of our what? Existence as what? As Christians. And I'm really going to take time to teach it. And just as I said some time ago, and um, just as Michael said, you know, we would see what we can give. We can see what we can share. We can see what we can, you know, we would have to leave for time. But I'm believing God that we would cover, you know, the most important aspects of this. I'm actually excited I'm seeing faces teaching. It's, it's exciting compared to the Zoom one, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's good to see faces. It's good to see faces. It's good to see faces. On Sunday, we were meant to start, but we couldn't because we had to pray concern one or two things, but um, ideally, we are going to start today, continue Monday, continue on Wednesday, and, you know, keep it going until God gives us the grace and we are able to finish this. Amen? As I said, this and sums up the, you know, the totality of our existence as Christians. And the theme that we are going to treat is possessing the gates. Possessing the gates. Say possessing the gates. So, we are going to treat this topic and... Um, you know, out of this topic, out of this teaching, out of this revelation, you know, we'll, become, we'll, be, we'll begin to understand, you know, what God expects of us, where we have to position ourselves, how intentional we ought to be as Christians. The word is about being intentional. Is that okay? How we'll be intentional as Christians, you know, in every facet of life and wherever the Lord, you know, gives us grace and, and he... He gives us grace and he gets, gives us the ability to be able to um, 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 be there. To be able to be there. I want us to look at a scripture. I want us to look at a scripture. I want us to look at a scripture. Um, let's go to the book of Revelations. Let's go to the book of Revelations. The chapter number 5. I want to read the verse number 9 and 10. I want to read the verse number 9 and 10. Revelations, the chapter number 5, the verse number 9 and 10. The Bible says that, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. The verse number 10, this is where, you know, uh, that is the key scripture. It says that, and you have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. Let's read it together. I want to let us go. And have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the heaven. Is that the case? Why are you reigning? Where? It means that, listen, if you lose reigning on the earth, you have nowhere to reign. Okay? Do you understand? So those of you that are waiting to go to heaven and to reign, the Bible says that God has made us kings and priests unto our God, and we are meant not to reign in heaven, but on the earth. And this is why it is very sad to see so many Christians waiting to go to heaven to live meaningfully. 
Because the Bible says that he has made us kings and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. There's a version I love. It's not, it's not um, um, in any of them. It's called the CEV version. And this version actually says that you have let them become. You have let them become kings and serve God as priests. You have made them to become kings and they are serving God as priests. And they will reign or they would rule on earth. You have made them kings and they are meant to serve God as priests. So that means that to God, we don't serve him as kings. We serve him as priests, but upon the earth, we rule as kings. It's two dimensions. And this is where we know where our ecclesiastical duty is as the ecclesia. And that we know where, you know, our kingdom or administrative duties is as the church. When I'm in my father's house, when I visit my late father, God, and I mean, he's dead, so I don't have anywhere to visit him again. If he makes it to heaven, fair enough, you meet me. If he's not there, God help him. But when I enter my father's house, I don't enter there as a father. I enter there as a son. Okay? And that is why no matter how much you grow and you've accomplished things, and no matter how old you are, your parents will still see you as that little girl or that little boy. That's it. The moment you enter into your mother's house or your father's house, all that your office then dissolves because now you come as a child. So over here, the Bible says that we will serve him as priest, but we will rule upon the earth as kings. So one part talks about our ecclesiastical office and the other part talks us about our administrative office. So to God, we are priests. And we have already established that the essence of priest is to Give sacrifice. Is that okay? And that's why we came here and we're singing, You reign, O ancient Zion's king. We are doing our priestly duties. It's called ecclesiastical duty. But then when we leave the four corners of this place, we are meant to be kings. And the Bible says that our zone of dominion or rulership is the earth. So when we say this, earth is not my home, I'm just a passing through. I have a better home somewhere beyond the blue. Where the angels beckon me on heaven's open door. And I cannot feel at home in this world anymore. <laughs> Jesus said, they are in the world, but they are not of the world. But he never said, remove them from the world. God, he asked God to preserve us in the earth. Because, you see, when it comes to the dispensational dominion of the earth, it is meant to be our responsibility. So over here, the Bible is saying that God has called us as kings and priests, and we are meant to reign upon the face of the earth. Now, if we are meant to reign upon the face of the earth, that is where it leads us to what we are going to look at, which I call, you know, the possessing the gates. And if I'm talking about the possessing the gates, I'm talking about, you know, whatever we need as Christians to be able to be positioned and control the places he's called us to, you know, be positioned and controlled. Is that okay? Let's read, you know, the book of Isaiah, the chapter number, you know, 62. Let's go to Isaiah 62. We want to read the verse number 10 and the 11 and then the 12. And then we will start. We will start. Isaiah 62, the verse number 10. Go through the gates. Go through the gates. I love the word or I love that sign. That is exclamation. I mean, if you learn a little bit of English, exclamation simply means something is being what? 
exclaimed. It simply means that thing is being stressed. It's being shouted. It means the tone is different, okay? So when I'm writing to you and I put an exclamation mark there, it's telling you that I'm probably shouting. Because I can't shout in the paper, the exclamation mark is supposed to tell you the magnitude of my tone. Yeah? So over here, the Bible says that go through when you start from where it talks about for Zion's sake, I will not you know, be silent and all of that. And when we get it, it says that go through and it repeats, go through the gates. Now it's interesting what happens after, you know, you know, the prophet says that go through or go through the gates. He says that go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people. In other words, until we possess the gate, we will not be able to prepare the people for the kingdom. Are we here? It is the people that control the gate. We read the book of Judges, the chapter number 16. Let's go there again. We'll come back here. Judges 16, the verse number 1. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. Let's go there. Judges 16, verse 1. Now, this is an interesting story. We started on Sunday. The Bible says that now Samson went to Gaza and saw a prostitute there and went in to her. This is not what I'm really interested in. Let's continue. When the Gazites were told that something had come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. Now, over here, number one, if there's any lesson that we are learning from this place, it is that cities have gates. Cities have gates. You may not see it physically, but whether you like it or not, cities have gates. If cities and nations don't have gates, there is no way you can enter a country without going through immigration. If cities and countries had, did not have gates, you wouldn't go through immigration when you descend from the airplane. So over here, it says that, you know, Samson found himself in the city. Went through the city. Went into a harlot. And I believe that the people were mad because, listen, this is a guy coming from one area to run a lady from another hood. The guys will be mad. That is one thing guys don't like. For one guy to come through another hood and come and run a lady in another hood. Especially when these two hoods are in battle. So the Bible says that as Samson, you know, enters the city, the people did not attack him in the city. You can get missing in the city, but you can never get lost at the gates. In the city, they could go like, which house has he found himself in? Where is he? But the gate is the only entry point and the exit point to the city. And that is why you cannot come to the United Kingdom as a nation through any other place than not going through the necessary immigration places. So you see, if unless you are coming to live in, but if you decide to go, they would grab you at the airport. I remember my mother used to tell me she used to owe a lot the Holland government because my mother is Dutch. And the bills have piled. So my mother would never take KLM. If KLM is the only existing flight, my mom wouldn't take it. If KLM is offering her a direct flight to Ghana, she would take Egypt Airways and go and do transit in Egypt. Because the day she goes to KLM on, on the verge of him, you know, flying out or something, they would arrest him at the, or they would arrest her at the gate. And she would pay every single penny before she leaves. 
Amen. So the Bible says that Samson entered the city and the people did not look for him in the city but the Bible says that they laid for him all night at the gate. And, and this, this word them laying for him all night is a very interesting and fascinating fact. And it means that, listen, the people that control the gates, they are nocturnal. What I'm talking about, and nocturnal being we have people that don't sleep at night. Things like bats, all those kind of animals and stuff like that. They also said that they laid at the gate of the city all night and they were quiet all night saying, in the morning when it is daylight, we will kill him. The verse number three says that, and something lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight. Tell someone, learn how to arise at midnight. That is why I love the word of God that says in the book of Job chapter 38, the verse number 12. Let's go there. We will come back here. Job 38, verse 12. Job 38, let's go there. The verse number 12. Let's go there quickly. 12. Let's go there. Have you commanded the morning? Since your day began, as we progress, I'm going to teach you because I already told you that even when it comes to gates, seasons are gates. The Bible says that have you commanded the morning since your days began? That means that have you controlled that gate called morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Let's go to the message Bible. Give me the message Bible. Let's go to the message Bible. Let's go to the verse number 12. Have you ordered the morning? Remember the morning is a gate. We would come there. I'm going to teach you when we begin to, you know, look at the various kinds of gates. But the Bible says that have you ordered the morning? Get up. Have you told the dawn get to work? Let's go to the next one. Have you told the dawn? So you could what? Seize. Let's read it together. So you could do what? The earth like what? And shake out the wicked like what? Cockroaches. Again, let's start from the verse number 12 again. Have you ever ordered the morning? Get up. How do you order the morning? Can you order the morning in the afternoon? Come on, come and reason with me. It's a class. Can you, can you order the morning in the afternoon? In other means, if we can order the morning, we should be in place before the morning comes. Gatekeepers are meant to be people that are standing by the gate. The Bible is saying that, have you ordered the morning, get up. And as I said, the morning is a gate, we'll get there. He says that, and have you told the dawn? Now we know that the dawn exists before the morning. In order for me to be able to tell the morning to get up, and if I have to command the dawn to get to work, it means that I would be awake before the morning comes. Now, this is the verse number 30. What does he say? He says that, so you could what? Seize the earth like a blanket. That means that the one that is able to control the morning, the one that is able to control the dawn, would also be able to control what? The earth. One of the reasons why we are becoming more powerless and more powerless is because we are Sleeping when we have to be awake and we are awake when we have to be sleeping. He says that have you, as you are able to command the gates of the morning and the dawn, like a blanket, the Bible says that you would be able to shake out the wicked like cockroaches. So over here we realize that the one that is able to, you know, secure the gates and command and order the gates has the capacity to control the earth. Mercy. Has the capacity to control the earth. Let's go back to the book of Judges, the chapter number, you know, 16, the verse number 2 and 3. Let's go there. 
The Bible says that when the news got around, they gathered around hiding, waiting all night for him at the city gate, quiet as mice, thinking at sunrise we will kill him. The verse number three, let's go there. Samson was in bed with the woman until midnight. Then he got up, he seized the doors of the city gates and the two gate posts, bolts and all, hefted them on his shoulder and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. You can move to the New King James Version. Over here we realize that because Samson was not sleeping, because Samson was not sleeping at midnight, but he was also able to lay low at midnight. Samson did not just go through the gate, but over here the Bible makes us understand that Samson had the capacity to control the gates. Is that okay? He had the capacity to do what? To control the gate. Say, the, say Lord, give me the grace to be a gatekeeper. Say, Lord, give your church the grace and the capacity to control the gates. So, by that, so that by controlling the gates, we'll be able to control the earth in the name of Jesus. Now, let's go back to Isaiah chapter number 62, the verse number 10. The Bible says that here, Isaiah 62, 10 says that go, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Now, why do we, why do you have to go through the gates, possess the gates to prepare the way for the people? Because the way of the people go through the gates. The way of the people go through the gates. He said that when we are able to go through the gates, number one, write these things down. Some of the things we'll be able to accomplish when we are able to be people that are possessing the gates. Number one, we'll be able to prepare the people. When we begin to talk about the seven gates, you would understand this. But one of the reasons why as Christians, we have to be able to go through the gate, according to Isaiah chapter 62, the Bible says understand that by going through the gate, we would be able to prepare the people. Over here, it's not just talking about Christians, but preparing the people in the nation. If we can go through the gates. The number two, he says that we will not just be able to, you know, prepare the way for the people, but we can be able to build them up. Because whoever controls the gates controls the people. When we begin to look at the seven gates and we look at things like media, you would understand why people would, you know, spend money, you know, so much just to do an advert for 30 seconds. Because the essence of the media is meant to control the minds of the people. People believe what they see. So it says that when we are able to, you know, possess the gate, number one, we can prepare the way for the people. It says that the second thing is that we can build up the people. Apart from, you know, building up the people, he talks about the fact that we would be able to build up the highway, we'll be able to take out the stones. That means that we'll be able to take out every impediment. Stones are meant to be things that distract. They are obstacles. There are things that stand in the way. When we control the gates, number one, we'll be able to take out the stone. Let's be honest. There are too many stones in the way. There are too many lies. The enemy has sown in the society. And as long as Christians are not becoming people that are get possessors, the stones would always become impediment to the spreading of the gospel. On Sunday, we looked at how Psalm 24, the verse number 1 and 2 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We looked at how the word of God says in Matthew chapter 24, the verse number 14, that this message of the kingdom would be preached in all the year before the end shall come. We looked at the same Psalm 24, the verse number 7, and the same earth that the Bible says in verse number 1 and 2 that it belongs to God. God couldn't access the same earth until, you know, David had to command and order the gates to be opened. 
Are you here? So, we can look at Psalm 24, 14 as prophecy. And say that, oh, and this message of the kingdom would be preached in all the earth. And afterwards, the end shall come. But if we don't become people that would be possessing the gate and opening them for the message of the kingdom to permeate, it would only remain a prophecy. Not every single prophecy is fulfilled. And we have established this in the past. Before that, even you see, we have a part to play before the second coming of Christ will come. Because the Bible says that until the message of the kingdom is preached upon the, all the earth, the end shall not come. When you read the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about how, you know, the, 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 the lives of the martyrs and the people that have died, their souls are crying and saying, Maranatha, come, Lord. There, there are people that are actually crying out for the coming of the Lord. But until we are able to let the gospel of the kingdom spread, the Lord cannot descend. One of the gates, like education, you are going to go there. All of a sudden, at first, when we were growing up, they used to teach us BK, Bible knowledge in school. But gradually, you realize that things are being taken out of the system. We cannot be people that will stay as unconcerned. And we have to understand this. It's about time we become very intentional. It's about time we even tell which people courses they should go and read. Because we have to become a people that are intentional. It says that when we go through the gates, we can prepare the way, we can build up, you know, the highway, we can take out the stones, which represents everything that is an impediment. And it says that we can lift up a banner. When, you know, we, you know, we have this song that we sing, I'll raise the banner, Jehovah. You know, when you're talking about lifting up the banner, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, who is our banner, the banner, you see, when you go to battle, anytime two people are contending over a piece of land, watch war films and see. Anytime two nations are competing over, you know, a place or a city or a town, the nation that wins it, they would hoist their flag on the mountain. And the flag is meant to show that these people are the people that are conquering this place. And that is why you know when Moses was and, and Joshua was fighting Moses sat on the mountain one of the revelations of the name of God that he gave them is that Jehovah Nisi the Lord which is our banner because the banner represents victory it represents who is in charge it means that we cannot lift up a banner for the people which is the banner the banner of Jesus Christ cannot be lifted up for the people to see Jesus says that if I be what if I be what I will what? Draw all men to myself. So that means that the drawing of the men is, uh, is, is dependent on the lifting up of Christ. Now, if you have not conquered the gate, you cannot hoist your flag. Are you listening to me? If you have not conquered the gate, if you have not conquered the city in military war and battle and warfare, you cannot hoist up your flag in a place you have not conquered. So Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men for myself. He said that when we go through the gate, we would be able to lift up a banner for the people. And the banner, I am my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. The banner that has to be lifted is Christ. But every single one of this is tied to the fact that we are able to go through the gates and not just go through the gates but ability to possess the gates. So then we come to what are gates? What is the gates? Physically we have established, write these things down. We have established that number one, we already know that in the realm of physically, 
gates are, you know, entry and exit points. Gates are entry and exit points to anything. Gates are entry and exit points to any place, to anywhere, or to anything. Meaning that we cannot enter a place or exit a place, both spiritually or physically, without gates. And as someone who has done deliverance for such a long time, one of the key elements of deliverance is that we always command the demons that wherever they came from, they go back. In other words, whatever their access point is, they go through that place and go. The Bible says that they would come in one way, but they would flee in seven ways. And he's still talking about gates. So gates are entry or access points to anywhere or to anything. Gates could be spiritual or physical. It could be things that are seen or things that are not seen. Those days when we used to owe plots of land in, in Ghana. Moving from a person's plot or a person's farm doesn't necessarily have to be a war. It could just could be a line or a demarcation. That tells you that this person's territory has ended from here. It could be that this is Ghana. If you cross this, you're in Togo. You may not necessarily see a physical wall, but gates could be things that are invincible. But spiritually, they are visible. So, we have established that gates are entry or their access, I mean, their entry or their exit points to, you know, anything or anywhere. Now, the second thing that I want you to write is that gates are access points. Gates are access points. They are entry points, they are access points, but they are also access points. Gates are access points. It means that nothing would be able to access you without a gate. In the life of Jesus Christ, Judas Iscariot was a gate. Because without Judas Iscariot, they wouldn't have been able to access the Christ or the Messiah. Judas Iscariot said, follow me, the one through whom I kiss, he's the one. And the Bible says that he kissed Jesus. And the moment he kissed him, the people, that means that the people did not even know who Jesus was. If you study the Bible carefully, you'd realize that there were times that they even thought Jesus was John the Baptist. So the Bible says that when Jesus heard that they had beheaded John the Baptist, he was preaching a sermon. He stopped the sermon and he passed through the back and he, he went quickly. He ran away quickly because Jesus knew it was not yet his time. What it means is that a friend could be a gate. Anything that would give people access. That is why today we have to understand that when it talks about gates, they are not just, you know, physical doors. It could be spiritual. It could be physical. Gates are places where there are access. I remember one of the things that we learned early when, you know, had started in ministry and we were being trained in the Baptist church. One of the things when we were doing deliverance, before deliverance and stuff, our pastor would warn us, look, none of you should go and have sex. Nobody can sleep with a woman. None of you can mess up. And then, you know, we, in order for us to, them to make sure that we are not doing these crazy things, do you know what we had to do? We had to come and sleep in the church. Because if you are sleeping at home, 
your girlfriend could pass through. And they said, listen, listen, they said this. They said this. They said, if we make a circle and then we've held our hands and an intruder wants to hit and enter the middle of the circle, they said he would always hit through the weakest point. Is it true? If we've held our hands like this, you know, in Ghana, we used to have a game that we used to call So it's, it's a game whereby we hold our hands. Listen, we hold our hands and then someone is going around the hands held. The person wants to break through and come into the middle of the circle. So the song is literally like, I want to enter. And we say, you can't. You know, that's, that's all. I want to enter. You can't. I want to enter. That's all we are saying. So the person will now run through and hit with force. And where the weakest link is, you see that our hands will open and they would enter. So at that point in time, the weakest link has become an access point. Tell someone, be a gate. Be a gate to Jesus. Be a gate to Jesus. Be a gate to Jesus. Tell the person, don't be an access point to the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. David said, if it was an enemy, if it was an, a foe who was fighting against me, I wouldn't even have bothered. But he said, but you, it is you, my friend, my companion. One that I used to share fellowship with in the church. We used to throw up, you know, the presence of God. We used to sing and we, we used to eat at his table. So gates are access points. Gates are access points. The third thing concerning gates, gates, they are hell. They are not just access points, but they are also access points to hell and to heaven. They are not just access points in general, but when we are talking about gates, we are also talking about access points to hell and to heaven. Or from hell and from heaven. Access point to hell and to heaven or access points from hell and from heaven. When we read the book of Genesis, the chapter number 28, the verse number 17, the Bible says that when Jacob, you know, went to sleep on the stone, when he was running away from his father, he went to sleep on the stone, the Bible says that he had a dream and he saw that there was a ladder reaching out from the heaven to the earth and he says that angels were ascending and descending. He says that this is the gate of what? Heaven. When you read the book of Genesis uh, from Matthew, the chapter number 16, the verse number 18, Jesus says that I will build my church and the gates of what? Hell cannot prevail. So, according to Genesis 28, 17, there is gates of heaven. According to Matthew 16, 18, there is gate of hell. There is gate of heaven and there is gate of what? Hell. We have spoken so much of gate of hell. Oh, and the gates of hell. But we've not spoken about the gates of heaven. And we are going to take time to decode what the gate of heaven means. And if the Lord says the gate of hell shall not prevail, what is the gate of hell? So if there are gates of, according to, you know, Jacob, he saw the gates of heaven. According to, you know, Jesus, to Peter, he spoke of the gates of hell. So there are access points. The essence of the gate of heaven and the gate of hell is to give access either to heaven or to hell or to give access either from heaven or from hell to the earth. So gates are also access points from heaven or from hell. Is that okay? Is that okay? Wonderful. Now, one of the things that we have to learn is this. Gates are never abandoned. They are always possessed or occupied. Gates are never abandoned. That means that 
Our inability to secure the gates does not mean that the gates are left ajar. I've taught you that one spiritual principle is this. No throne is what? Unoccupied. If you don't occupy it, somebody will occupy it. Sweep your garden. Weed all your garden. Recently, me and Patience, when the summer came, we were thinking of, uh, you know, setting up the garden for Joel, getting some water, whatever. That thing, you know, you know that, I don't know the name. You know that, 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 that thing. That you put water in and the children will be jumping in. and uh, So we want to get all this mow and we want to mow, you know, the, the, the garden. We set it. That we never bought the thing. Now if you go and look at the weeds that have grown back there. It doesn't care. I paid about 50 pounds for somebody to come and weed the place. My 50 pounds is gone. Weeds have occupied. The fact that you have weeded the place and you have not gone to occupy does not mean that it would, it would continue to be clean there would always be someone who is willing to occupy. So gates are never abandoned. They are always occupied. In Revelation the chapter number 21, let's go to the verse number 12. We, we, will, we, will, we, we are going to look at so many things. I'm just giving you, you know, some general summary stuff before we will start going. Now, let's look at this. Let's start from verse number 11. Let's start from, let, go to 10. The essence is on the 12, but I'm, I'm trying to look for a little and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it was having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like jasper stone. It was clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall with 12 gates. Now watch this. And the 12 gates and 12 angels at the gate. So now we saw the 12 gates, but the 12 gates were manned by 12 angels. So number one, the gates were not empty. When we read the book of Judges, the chapter number 16, we realized that the men of the city, they were waiting at the gates. And the plan was that if Samson comes, they would kill him. So one of the things that we have to understand is that, guys, listen, we have to really understand this concept of gates because our inability to not occupy them has given the enemy to rule from there. Are you here? It says that he showed me 12 gates and it says that, and the 12 gates had 12 angels. It was not 11 of the gates that had angels. Every single of the gates were God. Were God. And the names of the angels were written on the which are the 12 tribes of, of the children of Israel. Look at 13. This is where it's even, look, three gates to the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. It means that the four corners of the earth, every aspect of the four corners of the earth has gates that leads there. From the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. All of these places had gates. That means that it gave access. The reasons why every gate is leading, three of the gates are leading to the east. Some are leading to the west. Some are leading to the north. And Because when we talk about the number four is the number of the earth. The number four is the number of the earth. Because we have, you know, 
the, the north, the south, the east, and the west. We have, you know, you know, the four seasons, you know, winter, spring, autumn, and summer. You know, we have the four times or seasons of the day. We have the morning, we have the afternoon, we have the evening, we have the dawn. So anytime you hear the number four, it's talking about the realm of the earth. And over here, the Bible is telling us that these gates, they are 12, but every three of them is pointing towards a direction of the earth. So if the Lord told the disciples that they should occupy till he comes, and if we're saying this to us as a church that we should occupy till he comes, it means that we have to be just like the angels. We have to be people that are stationed at the gates. Say the gates. This is supposed to be the teachings we learn when we become born again. This is not what we learn when we are about to pass off. This is what we are meant to learn from the beginning. So because if they had taught us this from the beginning, everything we do would have been intentional. Even what we learn. Are we here? We've left fashion to gays and lesbians. And they are choosing trends. And Christians are happy to purchase. Because we've not been taught how to be people that brings trends. We've not become gatekeepers and gate possessors. Let's continue. I'll tell you this thing that the Lord told me listen, the devil does not care if we can fill the Wembley Stadium. And all we can do is sing and preach. He doesn't care. As long as we are not influencing the gates, the devil doesn't care. A gathering does not harm him. It is what comes out of a gathering that will torment the devil. Did you hear what I said? It's not the number of people. Because you see, the Christians have always come to think that power is in numbers. So if a minister is doing program, the first question people would ask is how many people came. 300 people is a success. But you can gather 300 people and it's nonsense. Are we here? As a pastor... One of the things that has become iconic in introducing ministers, oh, we welcome, you know, this man of God. Oh, yeah, he sits about 2,000 people. Da, 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 da. But for the 2,000 people he sits, every Sunday is comedy. And that is why, you see, when you look at the story of Gideon, God had to reduce the numbers and reduce it and reduce it and reduce it until that's done. John Wesley said, just give me 100 people who know how to pray, and they love righteousness. And he said, I'll take over the earth. So it's better few people with understanding of what they are doing with many people that are gathering for the sake of it. And I don't want us to be people that are gathering for the sake of it. I want us to be people that are intentional about whatever we are doing because we have in mind what exactly we want to achieve. There are many people that go to church, ask them what they want to achieve. They can't tell you anything. They just go because the Bible says forsake not the garden of the brethren. But if there's anything COVID has told us that we don't need the building, if there's any lesson COVID has taught the church is that we don't need the building. That means that when we gather the building without being intentional, it is a wasted gathering. Am I speaking at all? We'll get there. We'll get there. So I said, no gates are abandoned. They are always possessed or occupied. 
gates are also generational and transgenerational access routes. Gates are generational and transgenerational access routes. That means that the gate of the city is older than any member of the city. Psalm 24 verse 7. Lift up your head. O ye gates. And be lifted up you everlasting doors. Give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. Lift up your head O ye gates. And be lifted up you what? What's the word? Ancient. We call God the ancient of days. It means that the one who pre-existed before existence. The gates, listen, the, the, the thing that opened my eyes to this is when we went to Israel. I don't know what day you came, but you know where we went. And when we went to where the temple of Solomon was built, that they've now built a mosque. When we were sit, standing at a place that overlooked the city. And then the lady told us that according to the Jewish custom, there is a gate there that they believe that that is where the Messiah would come. And because the people don't ensure that the Messiah will not come, they have removed the gate and they've sealed the place with mortar and cement to say, basically, they've closed the gate. So that means that the Messiah can't come from there. When I watched that, it was a physical monument, but it took me to Psalm 24 verse 7. Ancient doors. Everlasting doors. Intentional doors. That according to their belief, that is what the Messiah is going to come. So when the Muslims and other people took over, they've sealed that portion. To ensure that people can't, the Messiah, when he's coming, they can't. And this is why, you see, when we got here, we established in verse number one to that the earth is the loss, the fullness thereof. But in the verse number seven, the same God is being stopped to access the earth, that it says. And he talks about the fact that this is ancient. And that is why I believe that, you see, there are also ancient wells of righteousness that could be dug again. The well that the Samaritan woman encountered Jesus Christ in the book of John, the chapter number four. It was the well that Isaac dug. And years and years and years after, it was actually that same well where the Messiah encountered the woman that was, you know, symbolic of the church. So we have gates. And we have a wells that are ancient, that are everlasting. So when we talk about gates, gates are what we are also, you know, they are generational and transgenerational access points. And that is why you see, if the gates of wickedness is open in your family, it can claim their lives and destinies upon generations until one man stands up and says, I will close this gate. But the Bible also tells us that he would bless Unto, you know, a hundred generation, but the curse would be third and fourth to the third and the fourth generation. Christians, we have always been taught about generational curses, but one thing the church has failed to teach the church is generational blessings. Because God is a transgenerational God. When he comes, he said, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. He's talking about generations. So gates are generational and transgenerational doors. That means that you can open gates to the next 10 generations of your life. Are, are you listening to what I'm trying to say? You can open gates. Listen, if you die, 
being the only one who is blessed, you are foolish. Because the Bible says that a wise man does not just leave an inheritance for his children, but a wise man will leave an inheritance for his children's children. He's talking about transgenerational blessing. That means that, listen, don't just live for yourself. Oh my God. Don't just live for yourself. If your great-grandfather could go somewhere and exchange the destinies of the people in your family for a maize, a crop, for his farm, you can also stand and open generations and doors for your children and your children's children. Listen, to every negative, there's a positive. Gates are generational. They are transgenerational access route. David over here saw that this gate that is fighting God, fighting the kingdom, fighting the gospel, did not exist in his time. So he said, I lift up your head, oh ye gates. And he said, be lifted up, you ancient doors. Be lifted up, he commanded. It means that in order to command gates, you need authority. I'm telling you. And that is why anytime the Bible is talking about gates, there are some kind of intensity. Go through, go through the gates. Have you commanded the morning? Get up. Have you said to the dawn, get to work? Anytime you hear gate, because you see, the gates are a place where it's a contentious ground. It takes people that have superior authority. Guys, let's desire authority. Let's desire authority. And that is why, listen, I love the Bible says of Jesus in Hebrew. He said that because you love righteousness and you hate lawlessness, he says that therefore the Lord your God has exalted you above your companions and has anointed your head with the oil of gladness. Listen, you have to desire authority to the extent that you despise sin because sin will weaken your authority. I'm telling you. Are we here at all? So gates are generational. They are generational. And they are not just generational, but they are also transgenerational access points. They are generational and transgenerational access routes or point. Gates are also points of defense. They are points of defense. In other words, if you want to defend yourself, you must secure your gate. Job said, I've made covenant with my eyes. Not to look upon a fair woman. That word fair is not what we call fair colored. But he's talking about anything that is attractive. In other words, he's just trying to say that, listen, I'm securing this gate. It's my defense. In the ancient time where there were battles, nations would spend lots of money to build gates and get people to guard the gates. And the day the gate is conquered, the city is conquered. You see, when you look at Bible times, how they used to fight battle was very interesting. It's, it's, it's so funny. Every nation would bring, this one would bring Goliath, that brown would bring David. Between David and Goliath, whoever wins has conquered the other land. So after David had conquered Goliath, automatically the Philistines had to start fleeing. They did not have to fight. Because the moment Goliath is conquered, it means that the city has been conquered. But in normal time, if you've killed Goliath, that's fine. We are 5,000. Let's, let's fight. Am I making sense here? 
But those days, that is not how they used to fight. And it's the one that is, you know, conquering the gates. The one that is possessing the gates. So when you just take one thing, if David takes out Goliath, it means that the whole Philistine nation would have to surrender. So gates are defense points. That means that we would have to defend the gospel at the gates. What did I say? This is what Jesus said. Listen, this is what Jesus said. Whoever is ashamed of me and my word. He said, whoever is ashamed of me and my word. He says, when the son of man descends in his glory, and in the sight of my father and his angels, I would also be ashamed of him. In other words, listen, Christianity is not a secret lifestyle. It's not a secret society. Did you hear what I said? It is not what? A secret society. If you love him, you must defend him in the open. I don't trust people that will, will you know, defend you in secret, but in the open they will pass away as if they don't know you. Don't trust people that will come and say, we love you in the secret. But they heard you being, you know, spoken about ill in the open. And they kept silent. And they said, yeah, well, I did not want to offend them. No, 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 no. If you love God, you defend him openly. So gates are defense points. Do you see the importance of what we are talking about? We are going to do this. It's going to take us about two months for us to be able to cover all of these things. But understand these things are generational and transgenerational. Listen, that means that what we are seeing today, what we are seeing today didn't start today. These agendas that have been propagated, do not be fooled, it has been cooked for a thousand years. I'm telling you, Sometimes I'm, I'm driving all around Europe and I ask myself, how did they do this? Look at their highways. Look at their byways. And you realize that these highways were not built in 2020. They have been built 1916, 1901. That means that the leaders of that time were transgenerational thinkers. Yes. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Say transgenerational. Say, Lord, make me transgenerational. Let me live beyond my generation. Gates also represent opportunities. Great and effectual doors or gates have been opened unto me. Gates! He says concerning King Cyrus, he said, I would go before you and I would open before you double doors that no one can shut. Gates represents opportunities. It's about time the church come to the place where we, with opportunities, come to the kingdom. It's about the time the opportunities in the land are, are released upon the church. It's about the time we begin to grab opportunities. We don't have to be people that are, are, are after leftovers. And that is why I cannot stand anything about excellence for the kingdom. Guys, listen. I'm telling you. If God brings us to the place he wants us to be, the image we will paint of the church. You see? The image we will paint of the ecclesia would be the epitome of excellence. Listen, you read about Solomon and the queen of Sheba can travel from Ethiopia, not with aeroplane, 
but on horses and camels for days after days to Jerusalem just to listen to Solomon speak wisdom. And she said, listen, I had heard of you from afar. I had read of you from afar. But when I came closer to you, I've realized that even the ones that was hearing was nothing but, you know, you know, minimal. Your, your wisdom, the wisdom you possess is far above. Imagine what will cause a queen to, to walk from one nation. Guys, from Ethiopia to Jerusalem is a long distance to listen to wisdom and excellence. What has the church been left with now? Mediocre. Mediocre. Leftovers, charity, surplus. People would dress in the highest dress and perfume and come and sit in places that are filthy and stinking. Our sound is bad, our mics are bad, everything about us is so bad, and nobody cares because we have come to accept this is the standard. Yeah, go to a Beyonce concert. Go to a Shatawale concert. Go and look at excellence. Go to your offices. Look at the excellence. Air conditioned. Chairs. Seats. Computers. Look at the state of the arts. Jacob's. No. Joseph's wisdom. The wisdom of Joseph did not just save Egypt, but the wisdom of Joseph saved the entire world. And when they were describing him, the Bible says he's a man upon whom the spirit of the gods is upon. Now when people are making it, we attribute it to the devil. Let Lizzie blow right now. Let Lizzie, you know, get well and let her begin to make it. She slept with a man. Let her make it. Oh, she's gone to sleep with a sugar daddy. Let someone build a mansion. Oh, she, she's gone somewhere. She's gone to some India or God Arabia. And it's Christians that will be saying that. Because listen, according to them, listen to me. According to them, people can't make it from. So Solomon said, he said, there's an error I've seen under the sun. He said, this is an error that comes from a ruler. He said, princes are walking on barefoot. And he says, the servants are riding on horseback. And he said, it is an error. And he said, this error arises from a ruler. Guys, listen, do not be comfortable. Let us get to the place where people look at us and say, tell us your God. Your God will be my God. Your people would be my people. Where, where do you belong? What church is that? What God is that? If people are looking for money, ritual, you know, or, um, 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 portions, let them come to church. So gate represents doors of opportunities. Doors of opportunities. Are you excited about what we are going to be learning? I tell you, it's going to be very intense. All right then. Gates are not just, you know, represents our opportunities. They are also transactional venues. 
they are transactional venues or points. In other words, gates are places where transactions take place. And that is why the people were waiting at the gates to take away, you know, something because they were going to transact his life. Gate is the place where transactions take place. Gates are the place where, you know, ministers and people and kings, they come and sit and they discuss what happens in the city. And that is why we need representation at the gates. Are you listening to what I'm trying to say? We need representation at the gate. The church would have to start grooming political people. We have to start grooming people. That are, we have to be very intentional and say, listen, we are preparing these people for the next five years and unleash them into the system. People will not know where they are coming from. All of a sudden, realize that some people have just come and they are messing up things in the system and they'll be asking, who are these and where are they coming from? And we'll tell them that he that is born of the spirit. It's like the wind. You never know where it's coming from. Nor where it is going. So, so is any man born of the spirit. We have to be intentional people. Get some intelligent people. Be teaching them basics. 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 Sending them to school. Sponsoring them. Go to the Cambridge. Go to the Lincoln. Go to the Oxford. Go to these places that, you know, it's the epitome and hub of education. We will sponsor you. That code that people that can only be ministers and prime ministers and government officials must always belong to a certain secret society. It's about that time that code is broken because if we don't break it, our children who have the quest to be in those positions would have no other choice than to join them. If there's no way, we have to create a way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way to the gates. I am the way to the gate. The word of God, the mystery of the Holy Spirit, the person of Christ is everything. If we understand him and we know everything. Oh, guys, listen, we would, we would be able to possess it. The Bible says it is not by power. It is not by mind, but it is by the spirit. Say as the spirit of the living God. It is not he that willeth, but he that runneth. The Bible says by my God, can leap over a wall. By my God, I can run it through. The word of God says in the book of Micah, that chapter number 2, the verse number 13, it says, the breaker would go ahead of you. He that breaks open would go ahead of you and he will break everything. Guys, listen, 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 listen. You are going to be very intentional. After COVID, it's an intentional Christianity. Did you hear what I said? That thing where we come and just meet for the sake of meeting is over. I'm telling you. Prof, it has to be an intentional Christianity. Otherwise, we have to, otherwise our children are in trouble. Oh. It says, go, go through the gates. Go through the gates. So gates are transactional venues. Look, I learned a mystery that when funeral happens, the day they are burying someone, they determine who is going to be the next person to be buried. And that is why anytime death enters into a family, if somebody does not write and shut the door, death would continue to take the people in that, in this nation, in that family. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12 that when Herod killed James and he saw that he pleased the Jews, he proceeded to kill Peter. If he had killed Peter and he continued, he would have proceeded to take John. 
So when death enters a gate of a family and somebody dies, there must be people that rise up and say, this is the last person. Father, nobody is dying in this family. Nobody is going prematurely in this family. Whatever gate that death came through, we shut it, we close it, we position the angels at the gate and we say, death, no more! moment and the enemy gets access. That's why I love what happened in the garden. The Bible says when the Lord drove out Adam and Eve from the garden he placed the cherubims uh, the angels that are holding flames of fire and said guard the way to the tree. Don't let them come back. Guys listen. It's about time physically we are guarding the gate. Spiritually we are positioning angels. Stand there this morning. You stand there this afternoon. You stand there this evening. You stand there this morning and let nobody trespass. Guys, listen, and angels have to be at the bedding of the saints. If we shut our mouths, our angels will be shut. But if we lift up our voice and if we command the angels, the angels would have no chance than to obey the burdens. For the Bible says that our angels, not ministering spirit, sent to minister unto the sons of righteousness. Angel gates are transactional values. When the G8 the G20 is just leaders of eight countries. They meet and they decide what would happen to the whole world at the gates. That is why we have to continue praying for that president of Malawi. We have to pray for him. A pastor who has become a president. We have to keep on praying for him. God has showed us that it is possible. Sometimes it looks like it's impossible. But God has shown us for a pastor to become a president. God is telling the church it's possible. Sometimes it's just about dreaming a little bit higher. The Bible says Joseph dreamt and he dreamt a good dream. Sometimes you need to dream a good dream. It's a transactional venues. It's places where the destinies of the people within the city are determined. Say gates. Say gates. Say gates. They are not just transactional venues, but gates are places where decisions are taken. When you read the Proverbs 31, the Bible talks about how his husband is respected at the gates with the elders. They are places where decisions are taken. The biggest gate to the United Kingdom of two is number 10 Downing Street. That black door, that black door is an ancient door. <laughs> you cannot go there without first going to swear to the queen. No prime minister can enter. When you win, you have to go to the queen, report, swear to her before you can come. Do you know what goes on when they go and see the queen? These are not, it's not just a black door, it's, it's something, it's something, it's something. That's why when I saw that Reverend Peterson, that young black Christian, uh, you, uh, you know, I, I, I watched one of his videos and he said he was speaking in tongues. And said, so when he was speaking in tongues, he didn't know, so he went to a certain woman 
because the Holy Spirit was telling her that the tongues is a Swahili. So she went to a woman who speaks Swahili and the woman interpreted the tongues and the interpretation was very significant. It's like it's time for the church to come up or something like that. We need people who can speak tongues at the gates so that they can confuse the enemy. Are we here? Say the gates. How many of you are excited about possessing the gates? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Gates are spiritual portals. Nothing can invade the earth without gates. They are spiritual portals. If I talk about a portal, I'm talking about an opening. They are spiritual portals. Genesis 28. Give me 15. Let's go to 17. Is it working? Genesis 28. What is the time? Today is just some... Hey, I have to close in two minutes. Wow. This is God comes to Jacob and says he's running, he's sleeping on the stone. He says, I am with you and I'll watch over you. Wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this land and I'll not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. May that be our portion. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Speak in tongues. Just pray. Just pray right now. Father, Father, until you do what you have promised to me, just pray for 30 seconds. Come on. I felt, I felt a prophetic word in that scripture right now. Father, thank you that you never leave me. Thank you that you would watch over me wherever I go. And, and thank you that you bring me back, Marosaya. And you will not leave me, Lord until you have done what you have promised to me. In the name of Jesus. Let's continue. He says that. I'll not leave you, but I'll do what I have promised you. I'll bring you to what I've promised you. Let's go to the verse number 16. The Bible says that, and Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he thought, surely, the Lord is in this place. And I was, was not aware of it. Verse number 17. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. When you read from the beginning, the Bible talks about how, you know, there were angels ascending and descending because there was a ladder. It was a portal. It was a place where heaven was visiting the earth. And I love it. It didn't say the angels were descending and ascending. The, the order was that they were ascending and descending. That means that nothing descends until something ascends. He said, if my people that are called by my name. The more we ascend, we allow God to descend. Because when we ascend, we extend an invitation for God to invade the earth. Yes. It wasn't they were not descending and ascending. They were ascending and descending. That is why, guys, our prayers must ascend. I told you on Sunday, there's nothing like you've prayed too much. You can have too much food, too much meat, too much money, but you can never have too much prayer. Because for God to continually visit the earth, 
the invitation must continually be extended. But it says that this is no other place than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. In other words, he was talking about this is a portal. I've listened to so many, you know, demonic stuff, you know, some demons and people that have come out of the realm of the demonology and they'll tell you, listen, there are places upon the faces of the earth that at night when people are asleep, physical human beings come from under the sea and they come upon the earth. They are portals through which the underworld invades the earth. These are gates. <laughs> are, are you listening? Yes, so when the Lord says, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation, he was not joking. So gates are spiritual portals. That means that if we want God to visit the earth, we have to continually open the gate for him to come. If we want to stop the enemy from invading the earth, we must keep that, you know, demonic gate shut. I love what the word of God says. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, he says that, listen, I would, oh, he said, when I shut the door, nobody can close it. And when I open the door, nobody can when I When I open the door, nobody can shut it. And when I shut the door, nobody can open it. In other words, we look at Matthew 16, the verse number 18 and 19. 19, he says that, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. He says that whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you lose shall be loosed. In other words, we should have the capacity to determine which gates have been opened and which ones have been closed. They are portals. Say gatekeepers. Say gatekeepers. I'm just showing some significance of gate before we come to learn it in total. Which number have I given you? I don't even know. Let's continue. Number 10. Gates usher in times and seasons. This is where you begin to understand the essence that gates are beyond physical. Give me Job 38.22. Let me see if something is there. Thirty-eight, thirty-eight. Have you entered the storehouses? Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Nor seen the storehouses of the hail? Go to the verse number twenty-three, which I have reserved for times of trouble and for days of battle and war. Whenever did you think that when it is snow, when it is a season for battle? Have you ever? Do you, did you ever know? But the Lord says that, go back. He says that he has reserved a storehouse of the snow and the storehouses of the hail, let's go there, which he has reserved for times of trouble and for the days of warfare and battle. So that means that when I begin to see the snow coming, it's ushering in a season of warfare. But you, when snow comes, you are thinking of building a snowman. There are mysteries in the Bible. Oh. That's why I said there are certain things I can't tell you because I may put you in trouble. If I only teach you about the constellations and begin to deal with the Orions and the things like that, there are some things that are heavy stuff. 
But gates usher in seasons. And that is why Joshua did not allow the sun to settle until they won the battle. Because the battle or their victory was not dependent on the people fighting. Their victory was dependent on how long the sun stays. That's why the Bible says that the son of righteousness will arise over you with healing in his wings. The Bible says that the sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. Did you ever know that the sun, the sun is a mechanism for battle and it depends who it is for and who it is against. The Bible talks about how when the sons of Korah and the people began to stand against Moses, he had to call upon the earth to swallow them up. Psalm 19, the Bible says that the heavens declare the firmament. The glory of the firmament declares handiwork. Day after day. You know, go there, go there. Go day after day, they, you know, the utter speed, night after night, they declare narrative. The Bible says that there is no shape and form where their voices is not heard. And that is why somebody can stand in Ethiopia and speak to the sun and you can be in the UK and you'll be cursed. But when, you, when the sun comes out, you are thinking about what to wear. It's summer. Listen, everything God created, everything God created was meant to be used by us for a reason. Psalm 19. See, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies. So anytime you, are, you, you see that sky you are flying in, he said that it proclaims his handiworks. When the aeroplane is in the sky, do you know the sky is speaking? But you are taking, oh, look at how beautiful. And that is why I mean, one time I fly in the sky, before I land upon any nation, I have to speak to the gates of that nation. Yeah. You can be traveling to a nation to preach. You can prepare. They, they would cripple you before you, you land down. <laughs> I went to, I, I was telling you guys on, on, on Saturday when we were eating, I, on, I was in Amsterdam. God is my witness. Pastor Mami and Co. Were, did I go with you? I don't know, but Pastor Mami and Co were doing an all night with these American people. And it was literally me and Shamu that went there. The moment I, I landed in Amsterdam, I saw a mountain. And on the mountain, I saw a man standing on the mountain, but this man was dressed as a woman. A man with a woman body, with, you know, with, with, with lip glow, with everything like a woman. And the Lord said, this is a principality that governs upon the city. And the Lord told me clearly, this principality is a homosexual spirit. The Lord said, if this spirit is not dealt with, all the men will become women and the women will become men. And perversion will never depart from this city. And no wonder if you are talking about the most perverse city in Europe is Amsterdam. Every foolish thing in Europe must begin from there. Lizzie, you have work to do. The only city in Europe that their mode of tourism is naked women in cages. Every perverse law would begin from the Netherlands. Tell us that this is that spirit that is standing on the mountain and that spirit must be dealt with. May God open your eyes to know which spirits are ruling where you live. Speak in tongues for 30 seconds.
Come on. Rapashika bayando kalibraha suribi antabaka shabada bando siribi. Man shada kadu shabato libra shadi ataka payado ripa zu di kabada bazu raba shagado siki libe atalabanda ripa zu kande in the name of Jesus. Let's continue. I can't give it all. Let me just give one more. Let's end it for today. Continue on Sunday. I'm just showing you significance of gate before we begin to go into how we'll be able to deal with them. What was the last, what did I just give? They are what? The usher in what? Times and seasons. You saw it. It says that when we see the snow and the hills, he said, have you gone into that storehouse and know that I've reserved these for battle and for days of trouble? So that means that in the days of trouble, I can enter the storehouse and take the elements of snow and hail. I don't need to see the snow physically, but I can use this element against the enemy. I can command the sun to smite my enemy. And I can enter into covenant with all of these elements and say, whoever tries to use this against me, reject their word. Are we here? We'll come there when we begin to deal with warfare and the gates. We'll go to that place. The gates are also strongholds and forces of resistance. Gates are strongholds and they are forces of resistance. Gates are even human beings. They are even people. They are strongholds and forces of resistance. But gates can also even represent people. People can physically be gates. I told you that without Judas Iscariot, they wouldn't have had access to Jesus. Let's go to the book of John chapter 10, the verse number 9. John 10, 9. Let me leave it there. We'll continue because there's a lot of significance. John 10, 9. Jesus said, I am the gate. He's talking about himself. He said, I am the gate. I am the gate. In other words, Jesus is a gate personified. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. Jesus is the access to the Father. Jesus physically is a gate. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So gates could also represent people. There are certain people. That's why Isaiah said in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6, that it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. That means that King Uzziah was actually a gate. In the city that could, you know, stop people from encountering the greatness of God. And there are certain people that in order for the glory of God to be seen, they would have to be taken out. That auntie who is a gate to wickedness in your family, she would have to go. So gates could even be human beings personified. When you read the book of Acts, the Bible talks about how Paul gets into a city and he meets the proconsul, who's like the governor of the city. 
And Paul has the opportunity to preach the proconsul, but there is a man called Bar Jesus or Elimas. And Elimas became a resistance to the proconsul here in the gospel. And Paul had to deal with the gate of Elimas and command him not to see the sun, command him to go blind. And the moment that Paul released the judgment of God upon Elimas, Elimas was moved out of the way. The proconsul had the gospel and gave himself. So gates could be people. There are certain people in this land that as long as they are there, the gospel is in trouble. And the church would have to contend in prayer that these people that are gates would be removed, pushed out of the way, removed from where they are so that the gospel will be able to spread and go wherever it is supposed to go. Let's be on our feet. We continue. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. We pray you were blessed by it. If you would like to connect with us, you can follow us on our social media pages under the handle Kingdom Ambassador Centre UK. We also invite you to fellowship with us on Wednesday evenings from 7pm, Sunday mornings from 11am and at our monthly night vigils on the third Friday of every month from 11pm at Unit 21 Millmead Business Centre, Millmead Road, N17 9QU. Kingdom Ambassador Center, raising disciples, taking territories and advancing the kingdom of God. Shalom and God bless you.